Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Industry Show. We are here with the, today with Sunita Niyogi, President and Co-Founder of Serenity Technologies, sitting in their amazing office uh, with a lot of machines back here, literally growing diamonds. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, Sunita, thank you for uh, having us here. Thank you for inviting me. Our pleasure. So let's start with the beginning. Tell us about you, uh, the city you grew up in, the school you went to. Um, I'm originally from Bangalore, okay. but I grew up in Ranchi, northern oh. part. Yeah. So, I my dad actually he was at Mekon Colony, you know, mm -hmm. where uh, metallurgical consultants, right. and so we he moved there very soon after his marriage, and then I was born in the you know South India, but mm -hmm. pretty much grew up there, and did all my schooling at Loreto Convent. Yeah. Missionary school, I think it's pretty I remember, typical. I remember Loreto from. I used to watch Bone Meter Quiz Contest. This was back in the day, um, and Loreto used to have the best uh, kids from. You know, always winning those competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the whole idea of going to a missionary school, all yeah. girls school. Yeah. Um, learn the language well. English mm -hmm. was the big right. thing. So yeah. So my sister and I. I have an older sister. Mm -hmm. So we both went to Loreto, and um, um, when I was, well, once I finished high school, then I moved on to college, I went mm -hmm. to IIT Kanpur, Kay. and that was my big dream, mm -hmm. that this is what I want to do, I want to be an engineer, right. and um, my idea was that, okay, if I want to be an engineer, I want to go to the best school, mm -hmm. so, yeah, there was a bunch of effort involved in that. <laughs> sure. And um, then once I went into engineering at IIT, that was a very transformative experience. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I came to US for you know graduate studies. I went to um, State College, to mm -hmm. Penn State University. Yeah. And I did my master's there. Mm -hmm. I started with metallurgical engineering, mm -hmm. then I did uh, fuel science, which is like a chemical yeah. engineering. And then I moved on into material science. Mm -hmm. And uh, this I did at North Carolina State University, mm -hmm. and that was uh, my PhD program. Okay. Um, the, in a sense, you know, I started from State College, moved to North Carolina. Uh, my husband also went to North mm -hmm. Carolina State. Uh, we've been together for a long time. I met right. him at IIT, and we have the exactly same background. Nice. So, you know, friends first, life partners right. after. And business partners. Now. And now business partners. Yeah. So we really are truly partnership in everything. Wow. So after that, you know, during PhD, I actually applied for an internship at Intel. Mm -hmm. And uh, so partway through my PhD program, almost third year, I moved to Intel for a summer program. Mm -hmm. And during that, the research topic I was working on was very interesting to Intel. So they offered me an internship all the way through my PhD. Yes. And that was a great break for me mm -hmm. because you know, I had access to a lot of equipment. Mm -hmm. I could do you know, university campuses, so many students, right. very little equipment, very yeah. little facilities. So that was great. I spent three years doing research. I practically worked for them while mm -hmm. I was a student. To them, I was the lab rat. Right. <laughs> so I, I really got great industry experience, and then uh, I started working for them. I worked for nearly a decade. Right. And then uh, I, in the, during that time, I also had my daughter. Mm -hmm. 
So that journey then carried on. My husband is really the kind who's not the corporate person. <laughs> I worked in the big corporate world. He was always interested in startup. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was also, he moved to Portland. He also had this big journey where we've been separated many times mm -hmm. because of our, you know, right. career focus or interests. Mm -hmm. So he was at Oak Ridge National Lab. We were like, how do we now meet? Right. Because I knew I wanted to be at Intel. He mm -hmm. was at ORNL. So somehow, right. you know, we agreed that he will move. Okay. So he <laughs> came to Portland. Then we set up. He started working for Philips. Mm -hmm. Then slowly as things went along and we were busy with our careers, you know, we thought, we always had this idea that we, we need to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, not, not just work for someone. Right. And that idea had always been there, but we didn't know how to do it, what to do. The, you, know, you need a break somewhere. Mm -hmm. That break actually came for my husband, Jay. He mm -hmm. kind of really, I can say, started us along the path of small business venture, mm -hmm. thinking for doing something ourselves, uh, being a creator, innovator, mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. So how did this thing come about, right? So obviously you guys are working, doing your own thing. You're working with Intel and he's uh, working with Philips, what was the the break point, I guess, you know, what was the inflection point? Uh, how did you guys decide on, did you guys always start with, you know, today you manufacture diamonds and you're like core into the, the depth of this, but how did it start? Yeah, well, see, our background is in materials technology mm -hmm. and uh, specifically mine is in process engineering. I have, um, dealt with semiconductor materials, specifically mm -hmm. silicon. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if m most people may not know it, but diamond is a semiconductor. Yes. Um, other materials like silicon carbide, these mm -hmm. are all semiconductors. Mm -hmm. uh, they may be materials of other use, right. but to us it started it's out that way. Material, yeah. And the break really came when my uh, husband, when he was working with a startup, mm -hmm. he just came across this you know, thought process of, he was dealing with inscriptions, you mm -hmm. know, dealing with focus R&D machinery, how to write small. Actually, mm -hmm. nanoscale was back then. Wow. It's not new. Right. Uh, so, he inscribed something really, really small. Mm -hmm. And somehow that caught the interest of somebody in the industry. Mm -hmm. And one thing led to another and uh, De Beers was interested right. to understand the technology. At that time, I was at Intel, but I was also in the lab, lab right. dealing with analytical tools, mm -hmm. everything dealing with microscopy, looking at things at the nanoscale. Right. So we would collaborate in our off hours, talk about stuff, and uh, from that was born this whole notion of uh, inscribing diamond. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, there is methods to inscribe diamond where it is just visible to you. Mm -hmm. And it's a method to track the diamond to, you know, put it right. certification it's genuine number. And yeah. But what, that, uh, what came about through this research was a method to inscribe the table of the diamond. Mm -hmm. And it would be invisible. And the so purpose would be just for verification that Verification, can see branding, yeah. what have you. So it's it's called focused ion beam inscriptions, mm -hmm. and it's done at a really nano scale. It's completely invisible mm -hmm. unless you view it in a particular manner. Right. And this was very interesting to De Beers, and it got licensed. Mm. 
we were really green in those days. We had no clue about, <laughs> you know, how to do things. Right. But yes, it, it was great. We were excited and it was licensed. Then slowly, you know, with time, there were more opportunities and issues that started coming with conversations we're having with this gem and jewelry industry, mm -hmm. which is a fairly traditional right. world. There is not much technology there. Mm -hmm. But problems that start coming up, we start thinking this has got, everything is material science here. Right. So there's, these problems can be solved. So as we continue to work with our own jobs, which were very, very different, right. we thought, you know, there comes a time where either we take a risk and jump right into this right. and make something out of it, or else it's not going to happen. Right. You can't do it in a part-time mm -hmm. or an off-hour thing. So he quit everything first. And I was like the provider of stability. Right. Then after a point, the, you know, I moved um, I decided to quit Intel mm -hmm. and I moved here to Temecula to do a consultancy um, job with this company called International Rectifier. Mm -hmm. And they're actually right across the street Kay. from here. And now they are in Pinyon. Oh, right. Okay. So I, I consulted with them for some time and then I scoped this area. We really loved it. We had lived in Portland forever. It was mm -hmm. just big place of yeah, rain right. and it is quite depressing if it let you if you rain to the desert yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then we decided okay let's move here and then we, s we started very small we mm -hmm. just rented a warehouse we started with one machine that we built mm. and at that time we were really working on enhancement of gem materials we mm. just wanted to add value right so our thoughts were like if you if you you know any any gem that comes from the earth is not really fit for consumption. Mm -hmm. You have to make it fit right. for it. Typically, you would just cut it, polish it. Mm -hmm. But then we thought there's a lot more to it, so let's just do things with it. So we started with color enhancements, clarity enhancements, then slowly one thing led to another. We started working on diamonds, and mm -hmm. then we did this. Uh, we have now patents on all these right. things. Uh, we were the first who came up with how to do pink diamond treatments. Mm -hmm and that got licensed. From there, you know, things just kept moving and we are just in a problem-solving mode. Uh, we talk to people, things come up, but now we've reached the, what we call the pinnacle of right. everything. So these diamonds that you were working on, these are authentic diamonds that you're kind of augmenting by color or yes. you know, inscriptions and, yeah. and other things. Yeah. And then at some point you started manufacturing lab diamonds. Uh, well. Yeah, see, we, we did basic research about how one would go about creating mm -hmm. diamond in the lab. Mm -hmm. And that was almost a decade ago. But the, you know, the environment was not suitable at mm -hmm. that time. There's a lot of uh, propaganda against lab-grown, lab-created, because there's all this thing about natural diamonds, mm -hmm. and natural diamonds' value is very, very right. high. So that was not the time, but we kept you know, keeping that on the back burner right. while we did other things to mm -hmm. grow our business. But more recently, I would say in the last three years, our focus has completely shifted towards lab creation. Mm -hmm. To not just enhance what somebody gives you, but to create the material itself. And so, just just so people know this, and I've you know done some basic research, I'm no expert. But from what I understand, these diamonds to the naked eye are exactly the same as a real diamond. There is no way to tell them unless you put them through certain, you know, uh, either chemicals or under a microscope, uh, but then they're 10% <coughs> of the value of a diamond. 
yeah see the value that is assigned to it is something that is you would say man made right that's the man made yeah. part of it but in reality if you grow a diamond in the laboratory mm -hmm. it is nothing but diamond right there's no difference mm -hmm. in fact you could almost say it's purer right. it can be made perfect yes depending on how you do yes. it but it the value of it has to be pegged to something right. and the way it the industry goes is we are pegging the value of the lab created diamond right. to the natural diamond right. but our thought process really goes towards there is no conflict mm -hmm. you know there was this whole huge thing about conflict diamonds mm -hmm. and how it brings um destruction mm -hmm. in societies that people die for it mm -hmm. you know in south you know, in right, africa right, what africa, what's yes. happening there's in so the much mining, yeah yeah then there was the kimberly process right. and how one should actually be mining diamonds and how mm -hmm. what you wear on your finger should right. not have caused somebody's death same thing like fur or leather or any of those it's yeah. it's gone through that similar phase right. and now today as we speak i think everything has changed mm -hmm. um even today natural diamond is the biggest market mm -hmm. but lab grown diamond is going to it's facing exponential growth there's huge demand for it but there's very few people who know how to do it so we have a question here from the audience so uh this is from sonika i believe she's a friend of yours yeah yeah i uh, know her she says material she's science <laughs> diamond is a semiconductor and all the awesome innovation thereafter dear sonita you make us so proud so oh thanks sonika <laughs> you're the best <laughs> <laughs> so it has it has gone through this transformation and now I believe it's more acceptable live diamonds are I guess if if not equal they're at least acceptable to the audience they don't they don't have this kind of stigma that this is not natural and yeah. hence we're not going to Yeah it will always be a lot of work goes into how you project what it is right. um what words you use if you say synthetic it right. gives the wrong feel so creation it's all creation mm -hmm. and it's literally the same thing you're putting mm -hmm. the atoms of carbon in a particular lattice form mm -hmm. and it is basically diamond and right. it's forever so in terms of like you said you know one could just say that i want it made to this specification i want it of this color this size mm -hmm. you have complete authority in terms of defining that yes absolutely you start you start with what you would call the seed mm -hmm. and you would grow it uh the growth is very very slow you have to be patient but if you think about natural diamonds they took a while to form in the earth so so i was you know in my head when i thought you create lab diamonds i was thinking these are you know you just kind of there is a process there is a machinery uh, there is some chemicals that are put together and you just manufacture it but then this morning you said you're really growing them Yeah yeah this is you know something what you would call you 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 have a reactor mm -hmm. this is this is a piece of machinery you have to build in which you create this environment where you can actually manipulate material at a nano scale mm -hmm. so you would be bringing in elements in the form of gases in but then you have to work in what's called a plasma if you mm -hmm. look if you look at the sun it's a plasma right and uh, this uh, all the elements are in a very highly activated state they're mm -hmm. all ionized right so you have to create that environment and then you put the seed of material that you have to have fabricated which mm -hmm. is diamond and that little plate you start growing it vertically you have to mm -hmm. have a 
there's all these orientation there's a lot of material science involved in it but that seed will start growing and it'll grow over days and this equipment has to be completely stable for 24 by 7. Wow so give us a sense of to create a diamond of this size so many carats like wh what does how long does it take? Yeah so for example if I want to make a one carat mm -hmm. diamond after it's been cut and polished mm -hmm. I would start with something like a 7 millimeter by 7 millimeter substrate which is the diamond mm -hmm. itself and that's seed as I call it is mm -hmm. very very thin it's only 300 microns wow. to give you an idea of microns uh, one strand of your hair is 100 right. microns yes. so this is about 300 microns right. and then you start growing it uh, typically anywhere between 10 to 14 days with a lot of chemistry involved wow. this thing will grow and once it reaches a certain height mm -hmm. it's actually a block it's like a mini little mm -hmm. building and then you take that block and then you cut it you right. shape it you polish, polish it. it it's exactly the same as a natural diamond yeah, yeah. and then you do a lot of post-processing right. steps and then you have your gem and once it's on your finger it's exactly the same it's exactly the same wow so you know you, you talked about the journey coming from you know, exploring certain ideas, augmenting diamonds to growing uh, lab diamonds now. What is the the size and scale of your operations at Serenity now? You're also looking at uh, branching out into retail. Yes. So. Yeah. So when we when we you know start thought about lab creation of diamond, we also know that our our focus changed to everything that is created. Mm -hmm. So we. Also, right now, there is another material which is silicon carbide, right. also a semiconductor, mm -hmm. and it is brilliant. It's uh, the next hardest material to diamond, right. and it can be fashioned into a gem. Mm -hmm. So we create that. We have a joint venture partnership with, you won't believe this uh, company in India, which is the Aryaman Group. Mm -hmm. They are, they came from, uh, you know, this world of. Uh, I don't know if you heard of All Out. The yes. mosquito yeah. repellent yeah. company. They are our partner. Okay. And it's it's an amazing collaboration between them and us. And so we created this silicon carbide material, mm -hmm. which is now we have offices in various locations. Uh, the material comes to us cut and polished, but mm -hmm. it's not ready for consumption. Right. We have to transform it into what mm. it needs to be. So we have equipment here. We transform it, and we actually distribute this gem. There's a lot of people who buy this okay. and uh, it goes into retail. Mm -hmm. But it's still not something that the common man on the street knows anything about it. So we came up with the brand name Neo. Mm -hmm. It's got, you know, various background. Neo, right. my last name is Neogi. Right. And Neo means something Neo. new. Yeah. We just thought that's an easy, catchy right. word. So we call this gemstone Neo, mm -hmm. and this year we're launching it in jewelry. Kay. And this, this fits the segment of people who cannot afford natural diamond, right. they cannot afford lab-created right. diamond, but they can now afford Neo, right. and it's forever. It works the same yep. as diamond. Nice. So you also had, or you probably still have, this partnership where you were uh, partnering up with uh, Titan Industries in India, yes. who was using whatever you created here in pretty much all of their jewelry. Yes, and that one is uh, just yet another gem. It's mm -hmm. another uh, lab-created gem. Um, 
you know cubic zirconia is used right. as in, in yeah. fashion jewelry it's yeah. a very very cheap material mm -hmm. so we have the technology where we can put diamond skin over that cubic zirconia okay. and by doing so we gave it better optical properties right. and better performance mm -hmm. that's what titan was in uh, interested in so yeah. we produced diamond tine as we called yes. it diamond tine means like a okay. diamond and uh, we were their exclusive supplier of this okay. they put it into gold and mm -hmm. they just you yeah, know it was a pretty went to town brand. with yeah. it yeah yeah so uh, with neo your plans are to kind of do it on your own in in a way mm -hmm. and you're looking at e-commerce i believe to yeah you know we neo is the the jewelry that we want to you know it's it's still pr coming through our joint venture but mm -hmm. the focus is the us market right. and we want to go direct to the consumer mm -hmm. and we want to be able to pass on the cost savings right. that we can do because right. we are the manufacturer right. and cut out all the mm -hmm. stuff that happens in between right. and and make it possible for anyone to wear diamonds they can call right. it diamond if they like it doesn't nobody can recognize it until you chemically evaluate right so the end product is going to be the diamond itself or are you going to make jewelry out of it it's all jewelry now okay. we the end product initially was we would just uh, supply the loose gems to right. other manufacturers we did that for some time but you know as you evolve you realize that what's the next thing you want to do right. and now we're all excited about going into the retail world directly to the consumer so we have uh, we have manufacturing partnerships we have mm -hmm. because of our contacts in this industry right. we we know how to manufacture jewelry mm -hmm. so that's the next big thing that's coming out right. this year we already had a very nice show at the LA India Last Fashion Week, week. Yeah. yeah and i so i saw you guys had that a great response that was just a small start to building awareness right. but uh, yeah there's a lot of things to come nice so what's the size and scale of the operations today as as you're evolving from going from purely you know research ip based organization to getting more into manufacturing and retail um yeah it it's it's expanding uh, very fast sometimes mm -hmm. i feel a little panic at the speed Correct. at which we have to actually expand mm -hmm. um and be able to handle everything right. so we can't really hide in a lab anymore <laughs> and uh, do our research so we have to wear many caps my husband is actually the master of marketing okay he 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 has this wonderful ability to talk to people mm -hmm. and make them excited <laughs> so once they're excited they want to come and see us when they come and see us then we both work on it and then we convince mm -hmm. people about what we think is the right way to do something and people then jump in we make mm -hmm. partnerships and uh, yes it's growing very big we have a lot of people involved now so you you're kind of evolving from just wearing white lab coats and yeah to just maybe dressing up in suits now going everything out we <laughs> have to do everything but we enjoy it and we learn as we go along a lot of mistakes a lot of failures but that's, but how you that's learn making and grow. it better and right. better so in terms of you know kind of reflecting back on on you uh, and i'm sure this kind of as as you said you know you both are partners in this uh, what defines you i mean you you're many things in one right you're a uh, one and you're a technocrat you're in a lot of ways you're a nerd you're a tech geek uh, but you're also a businesswoman so, uh, and a mother and a wife mm -hmm. so what defines you in if you were to put you know summarize that in one sentence well i'm a technocrat that's okay. how i look at it i 
pride myself on uh, everything technical. Mm -hmm. That's what excites me most of all. And everything else come behind it, right. even my being a mother. My daughter knows that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what motivates you? Right? Like, I mean, obviously the technology is driving you to do and find new things and, and research. But is there a, another source of your motivation? You want to please someone, please yourself, your kids, you know, husband, mother, dad? Yeah. I think that's where the Indian part comes in. Right. Because you know, everyone in India, they grew up with this notion that you are something if you're an engineer or you're a doctor. Which was interesting <laughs> when you said that you wanted to be an engineer. In most cases, what I know is your parents wanted you to be an engineer or doctor. Oh yes, it starts that okay. way. <laughs> I'm sure, I, I'm sure the idea was put in my brain. And it just becomes yours. Yeah, it becomes <laughs> yours because when you start thinking about um, you know how it is back in India children okay. today when they are in the eighth grade they yeah. are already deciding which pathway to yes. take and they usually are already thinking that either I go this way or that way yeah, we only have two yeah right. there's only two <laughs> but that's how it all got started but okay. then I got hooked on to this idea the notion that I want to go to IIT Kanpur right. you know the quiz time in those yeah. days that was the big thing yes. I was I did my research and it was not just any IIT it has to be IIT K right. So there was a journey involved in trying to mm -hmm. get there, but I think I knew very early on that this is it. I will enjoy what I do. Great, yeah, that's, I, I can't say that for me. For me, becoming an engineer was like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. So we, it was a journey for me to go away from it, but I, I couldn't. So yeah, well, even today, if you say marketing, then I can always say I'm not cut out for <laughs> it <laughs> because that's that's a process that you have to learn over time. And it's not, uh, we both, my husband and I, we both believe that getting an MBA or something does not prepare you for no. the real world. It so does you not have to learn as you go along. Yeah, Some people have the knack for it, others yeah. have to learn. Yeah. And I'm one of those who has <laughs> to learn. <laughs> but you have a great platform to do that, right? Your, yes. Your... Uh, technical interest has kind of put you in this place where you can now have the option and choose what you want to pick up and, and run with. Yes. So in terms of uh, you know defining success, you have achieved a lot. You have a lot to achieve. You have dreams coming in. How would you define success? To me, success is that, you know, if I start something, I need to see it to the end, the goal. So if I reach the goal, mm -hmm. then I'm successful. So it's not that, am I successful today? Yes, I am. But I really compartmentalize everything right. according to the project. Mm -hmm. So uh, when Lab Created Diamond is in everybody's finger, I'm successful. Right. Then where do you go from there? Right. That's one project. What is the next one then? <laughs> I don't know. I think today, actually, I feel like over the years, if people ask me, I would always have like, I want to do this or I want to do mm -hmm. that. But today, I think all I want to do is grow diamond. I want to be the grower of the world. That's my... Diamonds, though, not... Only not diamonds. Not the other kind of growing that's Nothing happening Nothing else. No other growing, <laughs> just diamond. <laughs> Who's your role model? Um, well, you know, individuals such as Elon Musk. Yeah. Steve Jobs. Their stories are amazing. I'm, I noticed there is a Tesla office right 
right across from Solar you. Solar City. Yeah, you yeah. literally share a wall with them. Yes. So yes. Does have you had any Elon sightings here? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 yeah. But that's these type of individuals I think they think differently mm -hmm. and I think that's what you need. Right. You have to be persistent. And everything is possible if you're persistent and you think differently. Yes. So the the persistence and the ability to think differently, but also I would say, you know, a lot goes with that, right? Because you're you're kinda going against the stream. Mm -hmm. So having the the motivation to do that and also the courage to do so right? because you're not following the traditional path which yes. both of you have done <coughs> in setting this organization up and taking it forward like you said working through a lot of the challenges that came with having these lab diamonds in place yes so yes you have to be fearless right you really have to be ready to fall and um, dust off and pick up again yeah and, and you do not have to worry about who's saying what you have to believe in what you're doing right and I think persistence, that's it. You have to innovate and you have to be persistent and you have to diversify at all times. True. So let me get back to that and see what this question is. Can you tell us what are your findings or, and market research done on consumer demand for diamond products? Um, and, and the follow-up question is, do you see, what kind of scope do you see with this? So I'm sensing, you know, just within Diamonds. I mean, we know diamonds is a huge industry, um, but within that, you know, what's your sense for the acceptance level for lab diamonds? Even um, I look at even five years ago till now, I find that if I speak about this, there is an awareness. And today, the world we are in, especially in the U.S. market, there's actually a huge demand from the big retail chains. Mm -hmm. They want to carry this product. But what's happening is, who has the technology to do it? Right. There's very few. It's a very closely guarded secret method. Right. Everybody, you know, there's few others in the world who do it. But the scope is immense. It's, mm -hmm. it's you know, I don't know how many billions of dollars industry. You know the diamond industry, how big right. it is. But even if it occupies, today it's only maybe a percent. But it has the scope to grow to about 20% of the... Oh world diamond demand can be serviced by lab diamond. So do you see between the different geographies, the is there a difference in demand in, you know, in the US obviously you would think people would want to go for more expensive things because there's more disposable income. Uh, in developing economies, is there more acceptance? So I'm trying to see, you know, where where would the growth come from? Is it from the yeah. millennials here who are, don't want to spend a whole lot of money? Yeah, no, I think so with the millennials. They they are not, they do not look at diamond in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. um, this whole marketing that has been done around diamonds, right. it's, it's after all just created. Right, it's so uh, aspirational. Yeah, right. that is not there with the millennials. They look towards green technology right. uh, and responsible choices. Mm -hmm something of high quality, but right. it's not like I have to have a natural diamond. Right. And people but are not dying to get those in your Yeah, in your and, and they just want performance. Right. If you're able to deliver performance, mm -hmm. they will wear it. And uh, also at the same time, they, they're not, they are cost conscious. They want to be able to look perfect without right. having to, you know. 
also they want to make their own decisions. This is no longer the type of traditional world where right. the diamond is gifted by the man to yes, his the, yeah. wife. They want to make their own decisions. They decision. should make their own decision. Right. They should be able to buy it. Mm -hmm. And affordability, all these factors come right. in. And plus the technology is exciting. Okay. What have been the you know, differences in the times that you have succeeded and and times you have not? Well, when you don't succeed, you actually learn to really get down to the basics. Right. And it has happened. A any startup. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, all these things that you think you need this, you need that y in order to run your business, you actually learn how to do it with the absolute basic, mm -hmm. the absolute minimums. And then from that you actually you build up, you build up again. And I feel that if you go down, there's no way but up after that. So right. it's not a big deal. Good. Yeah, and it's, I think it's important to have that as an entrepreneur, to have that uh, resilience, I would say, to just keep trying and failing yeah. and, and growing yeah. again. So to that effect, do you invest in other startups? You talked about diversification in uh, a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. um, so what's what's your philosophy on investing in others and other startups? Well, right now we are not investing in any other startup, but we we remain focused on this industry because the way we are working right now, it is a small, rather small setup mm -hmm. in terms of the humans who are involved. Right. So it takes up all our time. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure as time goes by, we deal in a lot of partnerships, so we right. our customers are our partners. Right. So in a sense, you know, we we do invest in what they do, but mm. we have not gone away from the the Your focus core. on the gem right. and jewelry industry and gone and invested into something else. Okay. But uh, this would be something in, uh, we would be interested in the future. Could be a strategic partnership that yes, comes exactly. up. And yes. So what kind of you know thinking of expansion? Uh, what kind of people are you? looking for generally i mean you're i'm thinking uh, your team focus has changed considerably over the years mm -hmm. so what what kind of people do you generally hire well we had this whole philosophy that education is everything right. but we have discovered uh, over time that y you know it doesn't really mean all that much mm -hmm. yes you have to be interested in what you do but if you're looking for staff mm -hmm. We have all kinds of people, from gemologists to people who uh, did marketing to people who love working in the lab. Mm -hmm. The kind of work we do is so different. There is no, you can't come with a ready-made skill. But yeah, if you had the background of material science, yes, mm -hmm. you would understand a little bit. Right. So we train everyone, but okay. we have people from all possible backgrounds mm. who work with us. You were also saying that all the machines that are used here are kind of made to order or you exactly. have to make them. We have to make them. So having skills that are ready-made for operating those machines is not It's really not, no. So we have to develop the hardware. We have to develop the software. We don't do it mm -hmm. all by ourselves. We have mm -hmm. to work with integrators. But once the machine is capable of doing what you need it to do, then you have to build all the interfaces to make it possible for, say, the technicians to mm -hmm. utilize it. and. Everything, there's layers to everything. The actual methodology and the process is only known to myself and Jayant, okay. my husband, okay. yeah. Otherwise, oh. uh, there's a lot of production going on. 
but there's layers to everything. Oh, this is like the, the secret formula for Coca-Cola. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are you most excited about right now at this point in your life? Growing diamond. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was an easy one. Um, and then I'm thinking, you know, through the next year, what, what does that look like? I mean, this uh, growth coming in with uh, yeah. the retail. Yeah. So, you know, we have these goals of, in terms of, you know, diamonds are referred to in carrots. Right. How many carrots are right. you going to grow? Mm -hmm. So we just want to keep growing more and more capacity because whatever we are growing is already sold. Oh, wow. So we are in a catch-up mode. And it all means uh, investment in equipment, yeah. building up more and more machinery, mm -hmm. and going into large scale, thinking of how if you had, say, five reactors working right. versus if you have 40 reactors, right. 100 reactors, that's the direction we are going, to build it up at the into the scale of a foundry wow. that would produce millions of carrots. And even then, it will not be enough. That's phenomenal growth. Yes. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. <laughs> Excited. <laughs> Great. So, you know, as you're talking about this growth, I'm I'm kind of starting to think about giving back. Right? So, what what are your thoughts on philanthropy and and helping others? That mm -hmm. you know, especially in the diamond industry, there is there's a huge uh, divide. Let's yes. say. So, just uh, some thoughts. Yes, <coughs> you know. I do not have any, you know, I feel that philanthropy is something where you have to be directly involved in a cause. Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of philanthropy that I have been involved in is mostly very hands-off, okay. where I contribute to organizations who support causes that I feel are important. Mm -hmm. But in the future, I would want to do something, maybe in our industry, if right. you know the India is the largest yes. cutter in the world. Right. And if you would actually go there and see how diamonds are cut, you will be shocked yeah. at the Not conditions. the most habitable conditions. No. Yeah. So I would love to do something in that arena. Mm -hmm. uh, these are very skilled people. Right. This is not something that others can do. Mm -hmm. It comes generation to generation. Right. Uh, actually, philanthropy, there is so many different things one can do, but we have to pick and choose. Yeah. And I most probably will go in that direction. Yeah, there's a natural... Yes. Uh, so as we wrap up, you know, any thoughts for other entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs that you would want to share? I think over the years, um, everybody looks at startup companies, thinks about ideas of how to do this. The very first thing is you need funds. Yes. And the typical approach is uh, try to get funds in through VC funding mm -hmm. or you create a C Corp and bring in shareholders. Right sell your idea to them. Mm -hmm. Everything works that way today. Yes. But I feel our formula is not been done very often. People do not know, but we think our customer is our partner. So we have never taken a loan from a bank. Mm -hmm. We had, do not have any investors. Wow. Everything is funded within the group. Our partners are our customers. Nice. So funding comes within the group. So don't give away equity not to strangers or people who are... No, they will not understand. And someone who invests <coughs> money and is not involved mm -hmm. in the end product or the end goal, uh, they I don't think so. It, for us, it is not the way we wanted to right. do it. It's not in line with your vision. Yeah, and, and I do not want to spend my time going and selling my idea to anyone. Right. So, 
the, the suggestion is keep your investors close, people who are interested in your vision, uh, and not just be out there to get money and, exactly. and sell your equity. Yeah, you're wasting time. You know, okay. go talk to your potential customer. Right, they might the be money interested. The money is right yeah. there, money is right there. Yeah. And they will benefit, we will benefit. True. Right, on that note, well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Sunita, for having us and thank being you. with us on the show. It was a pleasure talking it to you. It was a pleasure as all mine. <laughs> thank you. Thanks a lot.